Hello, everyone. This is Richard C. Wilson with CommercialRealEstate.com, and today we're doing a frequently asked question interview with two of my friends here, David Greer and Chad Moss. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Great. So uh, Chad is from the Moss family, and both Chad and David work at Moss Construction, which is a real estate construction firm, began in 2004, I think it was. So they're a 16-year-old firm. They do over a billion dollars a year, billion with a B, of real estate construction projects. They've spoken at our Family Office Club Private Investor Summits. I've gotten to know David and Chad, meeting in person many times over the last few years. And before we jump into these questions, which will be a series of 20 rapid-fire interview questions, I just want to give you a chance, uh, Chad or David, to kind of clarify anything else you'd want people to know about Moss Construction, maybe what makes you unique from other big, well-established construction firms, perhaps. Oh, thanks, Rich. Uh, Moss is a family business. Uh, my father, Bob, and my brother, Scott, and myself co-founded in 2004. Uh, we currently have over 700 salaried employees and roughly 3,000 hourly employees. Um, we work uh, indirectly with many, many more employees through subcontractors uh, around the country. We have a uh, very diverse portfolio of projects. Uh, we have a national solar um, platform as well as a national stick multifamily platform as well. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, enjoy getting to know you guys. So I appreciate you doing this interview here today. So the first question is, how has the real estate development industry changed over the past 16 years since you founded Moss? Uh, we've seen a couple cycles. Um, I would say that, that uh, the, the world has seen a couple cycles. Uh, Miami's been uh, fairly insulated um, from, from, na from national trends and cycles in South Florida. Uh, so so we, we've seen a good flow of work um, leading after 2010 that uh, much, of the, much of the rest of the country has not seen. But, um, you know, we've seen a, a big migration of folks moving from the north to the south in Florida. Um, and from, from the, the Dallas perspective, our Dallas office has seen a significant pickup in multifamily construction uh, in the last uh, few years. And that's, you know, obviously the migration from California to, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, David, what new real estate trends are you seeing right now in real estate development that are just now emerging and that maybe wouldn't be obvious unless you were focused 100% on this area? Yeah, I think uh, a, a couple of things on the development side. One is with the migration of a lot of people to these large uh, core areas, we're seeing uh, affordability for rental products uh, going up and it's becoming more challenging for people to find nice housing. And so with that, uh, we're finding a lot of developers that are working with municipalities uh, to put together programs where they can basically deliver a type product uh, at B pricing. So that's definitely a trend that we're seeing. And um, in some locations, we're starting to see uh, modular construction come in, uh, especially uh, pre-COVID in the hospitality industry. But I think it's becoming more prevalent than it was uh, several years ago. Okay, great. What should investors know upfront regarding real estate investing within the commercial real estate development project area? I know there's unique risk, unique opportunities in this area. So what should a new investor know about getting involved here? I think, I think you like, like any, any deal you get into, you, you need to do your due diligence. Uh, you need to work with uh, uh, third party consultants and professionals uh, that, that would advise you on, uh, you know, 
the real estate purchase itself, uh, all the way to the actual building performa that, uh, that you will, you will need help uh, with contractors and, and, and real estate professionals to, to bring it to that point. And then you, you really need to define demand, right? It's, it's the economics of the deal at the end of the day that, that, drive, that drive projects. And is there a demand for the product that, that you're, you're about to invest in? Right. Okay. What if an investor is looking to make their first investment in real estate development projects? Uh, what would you suggest them to look at first to kind of get that first experience? Uh, geography would be the first thing I would say. And then, then uh, you, you want to look at comps, um, you know, as far as similar type products that come online. Okay, great. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think um, along with that, I think, for a first-time investor, I think it's really important that they surround themselves with the right team uh, that has experience in their respective markets, um, as well as making sure that they don't take too big a bite at the apple for their first one, uh, but think about who can they connect with to make it an educational type process, uh, which is just as important as, as what return may be generated from that particular investment. So they can kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, they can... They could learn a lot from partnering with a, a much larger organization as a joint venture minority partner and, right. and maybe see a couple of those, those through uh, the process would be, would be beneficial to them. Right, right. Yeah, great. Good point versus doing it on their own. Um, so I know, Chad, I know Moss Construction, your family's firm has a track record of getting big projects done on time, even through the pandemic. Um, and you do over a billion dollars a year of projects. So what's fundamental to operating such a complex business at that scale successfully over a long period of time? Like what are the pillars of Moss that allows you to execute consistently? You know, it's, it's hiring the right people and retaining them. And, and with that is a, a big stroke on culture. Uh, we, we hire culture and we, we, we feel like we could teach the technical things uh, that we want to see at the project level. But, uh, hiring the best people and letting them do what they do well and, and giving them all the tools and support to do those things. Uh, that's critical. Right. And because it's so many investment events, people always say team is most important. You know, it's all about the team, et cetera. You zeroed in on culture. So what is it about your culture that's critical? Like what's a key part of your culture that's driven a lot of your success? You know, a, a lot of these people are, are generally self-starters that we hire and, and uh, they're not reactionary. They're, they're proactive. Um, right. You know, it, it's the entrepreneurial spirit that, that resonates throughout the entire organization. Um, honoring relationships. I know that some of these things are kind of simple, but a lot of people talk about them, but they don't do them or execute. Uh, and, and it's really seeing, seeing a project all the way through to the end um, and, and taking each task uh, seriously because it's, you know, a critical element to the overall project. Right. Great. Where is there an opportunity in multifamily real estate development, given how competitive that space has become? Uh, Dave, Dave alluded to it earlier. Um, when you're looking at uh, offering an A type building at B, B prices, the way you get there is through tax credits. Um, and, and, you know, whether it's uh, a municipality offering um, and, and incentivizing, incentivizing the um, developer to come up with, um, with uh, a project that would help the community and, and give them relief on whether it's permitting or, or, or comes from a CRA fund or whatever, 
or it could be in an opportunity zone. Uh, I think that all those little things, they help out a performer to make, to make those, those kind of projects happen. Right. Okay, great. Yeah, that's helpful. What's the most expensive mistake that you see commonly made in commercial property development? Um, I, I think what I see happen is people uh, often work in a vacuum. They don't trust their consultants. Um, they design something that is way out of line for the, for the area and for the demand. And they spend a bunch of money on architecture and, and planning. And uh, they, they figure out that their job is not financeable because the market demand is simply not there for that type of product. Uh, whether you're talking gross square foot numbers, uh, you know, sellable versus rentable, or, or even just something that's, you know, just doesn't work for, for, that, for that particular market. Sure. Is there an opportunity for sponsors or investment funds to purchase multifamily projects before they're leased up? Um, because I know you guys are helping develop many of these projects. Are you still seeing there's some meat on the bone for people to be pursuing that strategy? Or is that so competitive now you're essentially paying for almost that stabilized price for a brand new product coming on the market that's not fully leased up yet? Yeah, I think, I think you're seeing, um, and that's a great observation, uh, Richard, the, the, a lot of these groups are very uh, cash heavy. Um, they've got a lot of uh, capability to execute and execute uh, efficiently. And when that happens, they drive prices in markets and they're actually coming downstream. They used to wait till a product was maybe stabilization or 80% leased before they would entertain an offer. Uh, we're seeing that move further downstream to even uh, 50 60% lease, uh, they have an interest in that project. Uh, or if it's uh, just starting to develop, they're trying to get in early uh, to be the, the lead buyer for that particular project. And then on the exit side, uh, just with interest rates so low and, and yield hard to find, uh, a lot of these groups and family offices and even institutionals or publicly traded REITs are uh, finding it a, a very competitive space because they're trying to get in early as well. Right. Makes sense. In the family office club, we've seen many real estate development firms with 30 million, 50 million, hundred million in revenue, but your firm's 10 times larger than that. What was the turning point of Moss going from a smaller locally focused team and business to then turning a corner to become a regional developer and, and doing such volume that you do now? Uh, we had a significant merger uh, about seven years ago now. Um, with Hunt uh, Development and Hunt Families, uh, and that was that was uh, made made us more of a national player by picking up the Dallas office, San Diego, and Honolulu, um, and 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 doing national solar as well. Right. Okay. What is attracting capital through the pandemic right now that you think will continue to do well after the recovery from COVID? Like, what types of assets or what kind of real estate food groups are you seeing attracting a lot of capital? Uh, multifamily still in, in the right geographic regions. Um, and, and also there's a lot of debt funds that are raising capital, anticipating that um, there's going to be distress in the market. So uh, you're seeing a lot of those. They're sitting on the sidelines and waiting to see. We haven't really seen it come to fruition yet, but they feel like it's out there. Uh, so I think that's going to happen. I think also the migration of people from the Northeast um, to Florida or maybe from California to Texas 
you're going to see those areas continue to grow and, and attract capital uh, as well. Uh, places like Hawaii have uh, a big shortage in, in workforce affordable housing. And I uh, think that they're going to look to grow that significantly uh, in that area as well. Right. Okay. And if an investor is looking to place capital into commercial property development projects, what type of due diligence insights could you provide them, whether they're speaking to your team or uh, to other companies and trying to really vet them, but they don't have the expertise that you guys have, what, what would you provide them insight-wise with how to conduct due diligence on you and your peers? Um, I think that, again, and, and Chad talked about this earlier, but really surrounding yourself with the right group of advisors. Uh, whether it's uh, tax and accounting, whether it's legal, um, having strong commercial real estate, uh, brokerage, advisory folks on your team. I think surrounding yourself with that right team is absolutely critical. Uh, and you see it through the, the family office club and the work that we've conducted. You do the different seminars. You have 800 people at the last one we attended pre-COVID. There's a lot of networking that goes on there and a lot of good information is exchanged, relationships are built. And I think um, just being patient with the process and really educating yourself before you jump in and knowing the ins and outs. Sure. And I know you guys are active in both Texas and Florida. Um, many people have Dallas, Austin on some fast growing you know, city lists. Those are relatively obvious ones. Are there any niche cities or tertiary markets in the states of Florida or Texas that you think people maybe don't realize how well they're doing, whether that's Jacksonville or Tampa or, or somewhere else? So I think uh, a, a hidden one uh, that we're seeing grow is uh, San Marcos outside Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Texas State University is there. There's a lot of growth going on in that area. Um, We'll probably open that up now and, and people start uh, flocking there. But uh, I think there's definitely going to be some good opportunity there with the growth of the university and uh, a lot of things that they have going on. Um, Sarasota Clearwater Beach is another area that's really taken off the last couple of years. And um, it seems like it's hard to be on the front end of where these, these places are going to turn. Um, but I think that with the migration of people we're seeing uh, out, of, out of different locations in different states, it's going to be more noticeable uh, in a quicker fashion than it has been historically, because we haven't seen this rate of change in geographic regions uh, until this point. So there's a lot of unknowns out there, but I think that you're going to see a lot of population growth, job growth in uh, certain areas. And even the existing areas, I think, will continue to grow. Yeah, there's. if you look at Dallas, for instance, uh, there's parts of the, you know, outside the city that you could walk in to, you know, a new building at every turn um, within the last three years constructed. So there's literally been, um, you know, towns within a city built overnight, uh, like a McKinney. So that's, that's an interesting um, sign that you're seeing right now. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are some creative ways that you've been able to align your construction business with oh. the interest of uh, 
investors or investment firms that you, um, you know, close on contracts or work with? Yeah. So when we rolled out the, the Moss family office uh, investment platform, Targa, uh, we, we work with developers in that, in that multifamily space that are, you know, workforce housing or, or uh, lower income housing. And we, we get, um, or affordable housing, we get, we get aligned with them and we, we co-invest with them as an LP partner. And uh, that, that does a few things. It, it, uh, it, it helps the developer out with their, with their funding source, uh, their construction loan on terms. And, and it also helps us, um, you know, raise capital and, and keep our, our fund active. Right. Makes sense. I've never heard of anyone uh, doing that. So I think it's, it's great that you guys are able to do something like that. Everyone's looking for someone who's more aligned with them to the finish line, of course. Um, yeah. And I, one other thing there, Richard, the, um, a lot of these municipalities uh, that Moss has worked with for the last 16 years since the company was founded in 2004 knows the reputation of the organization and, and what we stand for. And I think that's helped us in, in some of the respective markets uh, that we work in and um, build those relationships. The other, the, other, the other opportunity is a lot of projects come to Moss um, just for feedback or pricing or whatever it may be. So we build a lot of relationships that way as well. It gives us a pretty interesting look at projects. Makes sense. What is the, another common strategy or approach that helps Moss maintain your competitive edge? You have um, a tight culture of entrepreneurial kind of self-starters or proactive you know, you value the long-term relationships, you sometimes co-invest. Is there one more thing that you think is, is continually helping you in closing agreements and scaling your firm to the next level that we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, I, I think the, the family has invested uh, significantly in technology um, and that's, that's, that's continued to pay off for us. Um, we're always looking to, to build a better mousetrap, so to speak. So um, we, we, uh, we really have embraced the technology side of it. We've written our own software. We've had other startup companies um, spin off of, of Moss, which is which has been great. And uh, you know, always always take the meeting. Always always look forward. That's what we said. Right. And I think I think one other one other item that's um, really helped the company is the diversification, um, both geographically but also by product type. So I think with you know, utility scale solar uh, that, that we've become an EPCN and have built and scaled a business inside of Moss uh, helps us kind of weather uh, different economic uh, times and help strengthen uh, the organization to, to make it through a lot uh, different economic cycles versus being totally dependent on, on high rise condos, for example, building that or just a few product types on the vertical side. Product diversity is key. Okay. What has your family learned about negotiating large, complex real estate development contracts when dealing with institutional size investment firms or investors? And it is, I guess that's one of the questions that you asked that, that I, I saw, Dave, where um, I, I didn't have a lot of, uh, from what basis are you asking that question, I guess, is my yeah, I guess I'm just thinking like a lot of people don't have the experience you have negotiating with really large, you know, billion dollar plus investors or investment firms. And I'm guessing those contracts get very complex. So I'm wondering, you know, what you've learned over time about 
uh, negotiating that would be helpful for others to hear who maybe haven't played at your level uh, yet or are trying to grow to a level that you're at, whatever type of real estate firm they are? Uh, the quick answer is never be uh, afraid to walk away from a deal. Um, there are some very good construction attorneys out there that do work for some of the biggest and best developers. Um, I've seen them literally kill deals, uh, which, which is not um, where you want to be. You want to work with uh, business uh, friendly people, uh, not business prohibitive people um, and, 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 and seek great counsel. You know, if you don't, if you feel like you're not getting something from one source, uh, definitely don't be afraid to go and ask other sources. Right. Okay. What, what advice would you have if you became a board member of a small real estate investment firm or real estate development firm or sponsor looking to grow to a hundred million dollars a year in volume or a hundred million in AUM, you know, with all the real estate investment firm counterparties you deal with. Uh, what suggestions would you give them that, that maybe we haven't covered here during this interview series yet today? I, I'm, I'm going to go back. I, I, I know we've used it twice in, in some of the questions that you've uh, asked, but back to the uh, advisors that you surround yourself with. I think that's uh, a critical component and meeting with them on a regular basis to solicit feedback and also look for that experience that they may have in the respective markets, uh, but just can't underestimate the power of, of having uh, the right team around you and utilizing the team, right? So once having it and building it, but continuing to utilize, I think is, is absolutely critical. Right, okay. What advice do you have for commercial real estate brokers looking to do well uh, selling newly constructed assets. You're saying from a brokerage standpoint? Yeah, for someone who's uh, looking to you know build relationships, maybe they're looking to build out their commercial real estate brokerage career uh, and getting the, the brokerage assignment from a real estate developer or a real estate sponsor. Do you have any suggestions on how to how for them to kind of break into that space? Um, I think it's an important um, person to have on your team, like access to uh, on the brokerage side, because they can represent you um, on the sell side and kind of keep uh, that transaction to arm links from the buyer. So I think it's, it's important to have them. Um, if they're newer, I would say in today's environment, trying to get and gain experience by being with uh a team that's been in the market that's looking to grow would be a good way to do it as opposed to try doing it individually. I think, right. you know, there's, there's a lot of senior folks in the, in the business that want to continue to grow uh, their practice. And I think it's a good way or a good opportunity would be to join them and get a couple of years experience before jumping out on your own. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of my friends in that business are, are generally with a, a larger outfit for five to 10 years. And then they decide if they want to go out on their own or not. Okay, makes sense. Um, my next question is about if somebody is just starting their career in real estate development, what would be your suggestion on how to learn the business the fastest way possible? I think you kind of halfway answered it just there about you know joining a firm that has a lot of experience and is you know growing quickly or has a lot of success and getting mentored for five or ten years at one of those 
types of firms, I'm sure it would be part of your answer. Is there anything else you'd add to that for somebody looking to start their real estate development career? You know, starting out on the development side, um, I think uh, organizations are important. Um, there's a lot of different trade organizations out there that you can become uh, involved with. Attending those meetings regularly uh, to build your network, uh, but also hear about other people's experiences, uh, different case studies, uh, whatever, you know, there's many different parts and processes to real estate development and, and understanding each of those and finding expertise in each of those areas uh, is, is really important um, before you just strike out and, and try to develop something because you can, you can do it that way, but you can make a lot of mistakes too. And I think one of the things that we talk about is we have new, new individuals and people that we add to the team here at Moss is, you know, you're either going to get one years of experience in three years, or you can get three years of experience in one year. And, and we do that and accelerate that learning curve and, and growth by getting people involved in those different organizations, a lot of training and a lot of um, different items that will further their education in a much quicker fashion than uh, just the traditional method of, of getting out there and trying to learn on the, on the fly. Right, right, yeah, makes sense. Um, my, my last question is, what's the most valuable piece of advice we could live, leave listeners with here today? Uh, it could be a piece of advice for investors or investment firms that, that are counterparties and work with you all of the time. What, what would be your most valuable piece of advice after all the projects you guys have worked on? I would say uh, stay, stay curious. You know, I mean, you have to, you have to, you know, take that extra meeting. Don't, don't have a, a, a premonition if someone wants to meet with you about how, what the outcome of that meeting is, um, you know, uh, engage in that entrepreneurial spirit and, 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 and have some, uh, you know, some good contagious energy behind you when you, when you have these meetings, you never know what could happen from them. Um, and, and be able to do an audible if you have to, uh, and, and adjust to market climates, to opportunities, um, all the above. I mean, there's so many things out there that you can be involved in. That said, you need to, you know, also be focused too on what, what you're trying to do and your goals are. So it's a bit of a, you know, a balancing act. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Great. I well, would, I appreciate I would, it. Go ahead. I would just add, you know, um, sometimes we feel like we have to have all the answers before we go out there. And um, I think that you'll find that there's a lot of people willing to help if you're just willing to ask for the help. And um yourself out there it's okay to be vulnerable uh, it's a good way to learn it's a good way to educate yourself but there's a lot of knowledge out there uh, in the industry uh, that you can pick up and i think like chad said just be curious with it and i think that that leads you down the right path right great well i appreciate the interview here today both of you um, if anyone wants to learn more about moss um, i believe the best web website to send them to is moss cm dot com is that correct well jen yes it is yes great well appreciate your participation here and on the commercial real estate.com platform looking forward to seeing you guys in our uh, power player summit coming up uh later this week and our family office super summit coming up here at the end of the year december 15th and 16th and uh i'll be in touch and just thank you again for your time appreciate it thank right. you Richard. thank you Richard. take care take care 
This content was created by commercialrealestate.com. Access our community, investment databases, training, and live events by visiting www.commercialrealestate.com.